Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast. My name is Ben Grove, and my name is Rob McFarlane. Welcome to that was shit. That was rough. Just, that um, was rough. Just, just, dude, <laughs> just do it right. again. And I got you, uh, I got yeah, you, got you. Yeah. ready? Yep. I once knew these two guys. Each, in their own way, had had it all and blew it. Left with broken brains and battered bravery, having to find parts of themselves they had seen in film and cinema. But who were they anymore? If they were going to do this, it needed to be the most thorough search for identity ever undertaken. Welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast with your hosts, Ben Groves, and Rob McFarlane. This episode contains spoilers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast. My name is Ben Grove. And my name is Rob McFarlane. Welcome to the show where two best friends with lots of mental health issues use the best and worst of cinema as a mirror. Yeah. To, uh, you know, examine the best and worst of themselves. It's kind of part movie analysis, part yeah. self-analysis. It's all beautiful nonsense. And in the spirit of that, before I get to what we're doing, I have to ask the more important question. Ben, how are you doing? I am doing. <laughs> I am doing. Good. <laughs> I'm all right, man. I'm not too bad. I've had a, a busy old week. Busy, busy old week. Me and you went to For the Love of Horror. We did. We went to Manchester for the weekend. So that was fucking fun. That was fun. Good to see you. It was, mate, you have no idea how good it was to see you. It filled my soul with a jelly-like substance of joy. I'm telling nice. you, it's just, it was fantastic. Likewise, likewise. Thank you. We got new jackets. We did. I got a pink denim reanimator jacket, so that's nice. Yeah, I got a black yeah. denim Plan 9 from Outer Space, so that's yeah, good. Yeah, buddy. We met some killer clowns. We saw the, from props, space, the killer yeah. clowns from Outer Space movie. That was fucking awesome. Mickey Mouse gloves turned backwards. Don't. That was really upsetting. I'm so annoyed that I'd fucking... This, I'm fine with my autism, right? But it's when I notice yep. tiny little details like that and then I focus on it and I'm like, that. this has ruined my entire week. <laughs> you know what I mean? That one yeah, glove yeah. being a Mickey Mouse glove turned the wrong way around, ruined my week. <laughs> I also only have five days left at work. Like five working days. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, that's terrifying, right? That is a bit, yeah. Yeah. Good job, me. Pat on the back. How are you, buddy? Come on. Spill the bean. <laughs> you know the answer to that, Ben. I do. Uh, I do. Dear listeners, I am not very well. Uh, so this episode is going to be an exercise in me demonstrating how incredible I am at compartmentalization. Um, mm. This podcast is a way of us, Ben and I, sorting our stuff out, and it's a way of us staying accountable and stuff like that. Um yeah. Not all of that can be done in real time, and now is not the time for me to get into what's going on. Of course. But it is not great. So, what we're going to do is I am going to just do the thing that I did for 15 years. I'm just going to bottle it. I'm just going to bottle it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is like a canon event for me. You know, like uh, if you go back and listen to, to Green Room, you know, there's me sure. going out a window. This is another one of those. Uh, don't I'm go sure out the window, though. Because you haven't yet. <laughs> and you're like, well, yeah, this is just another episode where I go out the window. Yeah, maybe don't. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, you'll get caught up on it. I, there's no need for concern. Everybody, everybody's safe. I'm safe. Uh, and we're going to have uh, an episode. 
We are. Uh, we are, buddy. While I have an episode. <laughs> what we're going to do, mate. Because I know, I know you're having a rough one. I know you're in a blender. I know your life's mm. on fire. Yeah. I need you to know that I love you very, very dearly. Thank you, babe. And with that in mind, what we're going to do is, during this episode, every negative mm. point, every yeah. time every time we hit on something that's like, oh, God. Right. So all of my points. What I'm going to force us to do. <laughs> all of your points. I've read them. Yeah. I've, I've seen the document. It's fine. All I'm going to do is force us to find the silver lining. You know what I mean? Staple We're some silver linings on some clouds. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll fucking, uh, honestly, mate, we'll spray paint. We'll spray paint. Oh, cheap. Ben's just, coming, Ben's just screaming at the sky with a nail gun and some silver ribbon. Yeah. I mean, that sounds fucking awesome. You being serious? <laughs> okay. Sign me up so, for a music video because that's it right there. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing today, Ben, besides hiding? We are back on the Blomkamp train, buddy. Choo-choo. Choo-choo. Um, Choo-choo. <laughs> yeah, you're not a fan of this one. This is our fourth installment it is. of our Blomkamp series. And it is mm-hmm. 2021's Demonic. Hold for applause. That's too much. It's too long. That was too long. <laughs> that was too much applause. That was too long. Honestly, it just got awkward. I mean, look, it's, it, mm. it was made for $1.5 million in the middle of a global pandemic. So, it, was, it was made in 2021. $1.5 million budget. So you can imagine what comes with that, right? Yeah. Very few big name actors. Yep. I mean, by very few, I mean none. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> very little CGI work. Yeah. And by that, I mean... None. Very little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and a monster that's just a dude with a paper plate taped to his face. Yeah, but that's Going, sick. That's one of, yeah, but listen, <laughs> listen, listen. Now we all have a, a new use for paper plates, is all True. I'm going to say. Right? See? All right. Silver yeah, lining. Yeah. We're off to a good start. Brilliant. See? Brilliant. Yeah, it was shot during the pandemic. Uh, it was his first horror movie. Now, Blomkamp's been known it for is. a lot of sci-fi in the past. Obviously, District 9, Elysium, Chappie. He did Oat Studios on YouTube for a while. And in the midst of a global pandemic, he went, I'll just do something I've never done before that I have not demonstrated any love for. Uh, And he was inspired by Blair Witch, Paranormal Activity. And there's a lot to be said for the bravery and the courage it takes to forge into new territory during something as scary as a pandemic. So silver lining. Yeah, yeah, there you go. When did you first see this film, Ben? Because I watched it for this episode and my God, I was not expecting it. Okay, so I watched this film for the first time when we decided to do this series. By we, I mean, when I decided to bring this series to the table, (laughs) I didn't realise this film existed. Because, shockingly, it flew under the radar. (laughs) Who'd have thunk that? like a dead crow amulet. Oh my god. Literally. I didn't even know this existed until, uh, until we started this series. And when I watched it, obviously pitched it, District 9, Elysium, fucking, Mm -hmm. you know, Chappie, yeah, I'm in for it. Let's do it. We're signing off on it. With the the series is in the books. It's, it's on the markers. We've started prepping for District Nine. Yeah, I go through all of his movies. I go to watch Gran Turismo, one of the secret screenings. Uh, uh, we'll get to it. You know, week after next. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then I was like, the fuck is demonic? Like when? When was this? Like when? Boom! Middle of the pandemic. <laughs> Neil Blomkamp <laughs> is just sort of like, right, I've got one and a half mil. Um, yep. I haven't done fuck all in six years, so. And I just, I want to get something going. I want to work. Like I want something, I want something that I can put out and be sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, here's my, here's my attempt 
at a, at a low-budget horror with the signature Blomkamp boop, stamp, stamp of dropping in a ton of nuggets of stuff that's never really discussed. <laughs> so it leaves it up <laughs> to you. Connected. To, all connected. All good. Yeah, just figure it out <laughs> as you go along. So, for the benefit of the listener, Rob, should we break this movie down? Yeah, I mean, you've written this one, so who's starting? I have. Because, okay, who's starting? I, all right, hear me. I wrote this. Mm-hmm. I didn't plan this far ahead. Carly, <laughs> so, after having nightmares of her mother burning her alive in an old building, is contacted ooh. by her friend Martin, who tells her that her estranged mother, Angela, is comatose in a medical facility called Therapol, mm. and that the facility would like to contact her. After time to process and a quick call from the physician at Therapol, Michael... Carly agrees to visit her mother at the facility. At Therapol HQ, Carly learns that her mother is suffering from locked-in syndrome, but as part of an experimental treatment program, her mother is able to communicate with the outside world through a simulation, heavy on the sim. Mm-hmm. Sims. Al- right. <laughs> allowing a person to exist within a virtual world built up of their memories. Carly learns that this technology allows for a visitor to the patient's mind, and seeing as Angela has been asking for her, Therapol are like, would you like to go in? <laughs> Carly immediately agrees and jumps into her mother's brain with zero persuasion. Once in her mother Angela's coma brain dreamscape memory simulation... Yeah, I couldn't decide on what to call it. <laughs> <laughs> it's The Sims, Ben. It's yeah. a low, it's a yeah. low poly version of The Sims. Yeah, it's, it looks yeah. like Second Life. <laughs> it's a literal game engine, though. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. We learn that Carly was only this keen to do all of this to tell her mother to go and fuck herself. Right. Angela, the mother, <laughs> warns Carly to never come back as she is in danger. But Therapol asks Carly to go back in again, and she leaves without giving a definite no. She's like, "Nah, I've said my piece." Yeah, I told my mum to fuck herself. See you later. Yeah, exactly. After a brief stint back in the real world, Carly is back at Therapol HQ, ready for level two of Coma Brain Sim. Yeah. He jumps back in only to learn that it is not her mother that has been calling for Carly, oh. but a raven man demon that has possessed her. Because of course. Oh, of no. Course. Not the raven man demon. Yeah. Fucking Crow Rick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After this encounter, we find out that Angela and Carly are estranged because Angela went on a cheeky killing spree, burning 26 people alive at an old person's care home, and then killing a further five people, including Carly's grandmother, with poison at a church. I've got a note here, Ben, that I, uh, I've i not put into the pre-prod anywhere. It's just okay. Carly's mum kills a bunch of old people, 26 old people, hyphen, Harold shit mum. Amazing. Um, <laughs> Amazing. Back in the real world, Carly seeks answers from Martin. Uh, fucking hell. Back in the real world, wait, Carly wait, wait, wait. seeks... Did you say shit mum? Yes. Oh, right. <laughs> Harold shit mum. <laughs> Back in the real... I thought you said Harold Shipman. I was like, yes, that is what he did, Rob. Yeah, he killed a bunch of old That's people. Fucking, but... Mate, fantastic. <laughs> well done. Uh, back in the real world, Carly seeks answers from Martin who was out of Carly and her friend Sam's lives when everything with Angela was going on. He was labelled a conspiracy nutter as he believed it was a demonic possession that made Angela do what she did. Uh, Well, thank fuck he carried on doing his research because he was exactly right (laughs) and has all the answers that Carly wants. Mm. Uh, He also has secret information and knowledge and has uncovered that the Vatican have got black ops exorcism units, kind of like soldiers, 
Don't do the Christopher Nolan. So it's fucking metal dog, it's dog water. It's Are dog you, water. Uh, Pope of, soldiers, dope as fuck. <sighs> anyway, they're buying out medical treatment centers and using cutting edge uh, copies of The Sims 2 yeah. uh, coma brain technology to hunt and kill demons. Metal as shit, man. It's metal as fuck. So juvenile. It's like an eight year old horror story. However, Carly doesn't want to know this and storms off before hearing Martin out because uh, runtime, I guess. Yeah, plot. You know, there'd be no yeah. plot if she listened to him. He oh, said, you so go, oh, just... that resolves all the situation. Oh, thanks thanks for the information, Martin. Let's roll <laughs> yeah, credits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they can't do that. Blomkamp's got five more locations he had access to that he just had to film in because fuck it, I got the offer. Uh, it's COVID. He, he's oh. lucky to have five. Come on, we'll get yeah, to it. Fair. That night, Carly is awakened at 3 a.m. after a nightmare of a demonic version of her friend Sam chasing her in a crab walk and the demon chilling in her closet. Panicking yes. that Sam's in danger, she heads to Sam's house to find her missing. <gasps> what? Because it turns out Martin was right. Therapol are beefy, tattooed, Vatican, black ops, Pope soldiers on an exorcism Boo-boo! mission from God himself. Yeah. They're spying on Carly with cameras in her apartment, not very Catholic, mm-hmm. whilst preparing to take Angela back to the sanitarium where she was possessed, more Catholic, uh-huh. to perform an exorcism and kill the demon with a holy lance. Brackets, very Catholic. Very Catholic. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very Catholic. Carly and Martin head out to the woods near the sanitarium to find Sam, which they do. And Sam informs Carly that her mum and some beefy soldier types are at the sanitarium. Carly has a huge change of heart for some reason and now wants to save her serial killer mother because if she's possessed by a demon, she's innocent, right? This is... You know what? what, I know We're going to get back to the breakdown in a minute, Ben. But when you write it all out, it's so fucking stupid. It's the scribblings of of a mental child in crayon <laughs> yeah. going and then and then yeah but they're not holding it like a pencil it's like ham-fisted crayon scrawlings you know what i mean <laughs> carly and her mate go back to the sanitarium and it's a fucking massacre there's dead pope soldiers strewn about the place like altar boys on easter sunday <laughs> uh, that's a good line nicely, nicely done excellent it's a weird joke and i'm still finding uh, it hilarious turns out the demon has jumped from angela to michael who's the head of therapol yeah, uh, and slaughtered everyone except Angela, the mum, yeah. who's still inside the simulation because still there, stuff, yeah. just chilling. Carly heads into the simulation uh, for more Sims Two mm-hmm. uh, to try and convince her mother to come out to the real world, uh, but the mum's like, "Now nah, fuck that, I'm a, I'm a peace out." Yeah, I'm at peace now. Literally SpongeBob memes, just I, yeah. I'm a head out and just melts. <laughs> Martin gets carved up with demonic symbols all over him. Sam gets burned alive in Martin's car, and Carly now has to fight Demon Michael. on her own (laughs) this fight is brief as the demon possesses Carly after being stabbed a couple times with a holy lance just a cheeky little beep beep holy lance prison shank the demon leaves Uh, I don't know the correct term here Rob so I need your help on this is it unpossesses is it Mm -hmm. depossesses um Exits via the gift shop. Exits via the gift shops. That's it. That's the silver lining. Makes it makes it sound like he's come out of his bum, but that's fine. The demon leaves through the gift shop of Michael's bum and possesses Carly. Luckily, Carly has the sense to stab herself in the stomach with the holy lance, ridding herself of the possession and killing the demon. 
Carly and Martin. <laughs> Carly and Martin survived the ordeal to live another day. Uh, the film closes on Carly visiting her mother's grave and walking off towards a black SUV, hinting that she may now be a Vatican Black Ops Pope soldier. Yeah. So stupid. Yeah. Setting it up yeah. for Demonic 2. This time, it's not personal because my family and friends are dead. Oh, so to recap, the, the whole <laughs> film is a, a, an unknown actor plays a lady who has a serial killer mum mm-hmm. with locked-in syndrome mm-hmm. and a bird demon that uses the Sims to fight Vatican Black Ops soldiers. Stop selling. Because, of course. Yeah, Stop selling. Yeah, yeah. I'm already sold. Stop selling. <laughs> I can only get so erect. All right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, <laughs> that's, that's the breakdown of the film. As ridiculous as that sounds, I've watched this film three times now, and it is... I'm sorry. Don't be. I've, it gets better <laughs> each watch, buddy. The first one, I'm not going to lie to you, the first watch yep. was rough. Yeah. It was rough. Third one, barrel of laughs. I was right. fucking yeah. loving life. Loving life. Okay. But this is, this is Blomkamp's first film in six years after Chappie. And Rob, yep. my question to you at the top of this episode... Mm. Are you in it? Are you feeling it? Um, as a man who spent a lot of time this week googling the nearest shotgun tasting, mm. this hasn't helped. That's <laughs> an upsetting sentence to hear out loud. But, okay, but it, there's there's stuff in there that yeah has got loads of potential. Stuff in there that's got loads of promise, Ooh. and it comes back to that thing that I'm always more annoyed when something's close, right? If it's just if it's just awful, if it's love on a leash, if it's bird demic, yeah. if it's just so wide of the mark, you're like, it's fine. You were never gonna, you were never gonna get there, and okay. this is fine. Yeah, it's when you've got someone like Blomkamp who could get there, got you, and then they've got building blocks, they've got Lego bits that could work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but they've just put them butt to butt. Oh, I see. And they're what you're like, saying. why won't it fit? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you just need to turn that one piece around, and it would all fit together nicely. Yeah. And my proof of that is there's a film called The Cell. Okay. Early 2000s, right? <laughs> Starring Jennifer Lopez, right? Sure. Vince Vaughn. Yeah. And Vincent D'Onofrio, who's an absolute titan, <coughs> right? Vincent D'Onofrio yeah. is 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 a god-level actor. Yeah, insanely he good. Play, he, play, he plays the bug in Men in Black 1. He plays the Punisher in, in the Netflix uh, Daredevil. He's in all sorts of stuff, and he's always incredible. He's incredible. Yeah, and the cell is there is a serial killer who likes uh, locking people up and basically drowning them slowly over the course of a week. Okay, and the FBI the FBI arrest him. He suffers a head injury. He's in a coma, yeah. and so they sign him up for this experimental enter this person's dreams. And Jennifer Lopez is the therapist that's got to go in to his subconscious, and <laughs> it's terrifying. It's a horror movie, right? Yeah. But the visuals are beautiful. It's by Tarsim Singh. Yeah, and it's Everything that this film touches on, but done well and done right. Right. Got you. And it's just, it's a weird thing to watch somebody as capable as Blomkamp Mm -hmm. take something that I know works because I've seen it work with Jennifer fucking Lopez in the film. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's rough. And he just whiffs it. (laughs) Okay. I think what we're trying to say... Is the silver lining on this one is is that Blomkamp used this to give us a reference point to help us realize Do a much how better film. Good, yeah, to how good <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the cell is, right? So yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Thank you, Blomkamp, for yeah, yeah, your great. service is appreciated. Right? Beautiful. Let's all go watch Excellent. the cell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My review of Neil Blomkamp's demonic. 
Reminded me that the cell exists. Ten out of ten. <laughs> Banging. Fat ten. <laughs> uh, let's just end the episode there, man. You want to play a game? Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I mean, okay. First film is six years after Chappie Ben. Yes. Are you in it? Are you feeling it? Oh. Are you smelling what the Blomp is cooking? Babe, I am I am neck deep in Blomp. Right? <laughs> I'm, I'm at Camp Blomp right now. All right? I'm, I'm fucking Camp fan. Right. I'm head counsellor at Camp Blomp Camp. I'm, I'm there, man. I'm there. Dumbing in a Blompy. <laughs> Do you know what this film... Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what this film does for me? Uh... No, it takes it takes a <laughs> <laughs> it takes a director that I'm I'm like actively fanboying over at every given moment, right? I fucking love this guy. Yeah, yeah. And what he's done is he's taken a genre that is very, very near and dear to my heart, mm-hmm. and he's instead of going full Blomkamp with it and filling it with CGI, great CGI work, but mm-hmm. instead of filling it with tons of CG and stuff like this, what he's done is he's gone ultra low budget. He's gone, I'm going to scrap something together with what I can. Yeah. And I'm going to make something that isn't necessarily meant to be scary. Okay. It's just meant to be tense, right? Okay. It's a horror film, so is it is it not meant to be scary? I don't think it's meant to be out and out, like, frightening scary. I think it's supposed okay. to be, like, okay. a tense kind of... I think what... The, Uneasy. The phrasing that he uses is that he wanted it to instill dread... When it goes in the DVD player. <laughs> such a, where's the silver lining there, Rob? I guess if we don't okay. put it in the DVD player, we're saving energy, which is helping exactly. the planet. There's the yeah, silver lining. You're go. welcome, world. <laughs> we're, we're just all in it for Mother Nature. Uh, we, we said earlier, it is a brave thing to, to do this during a pandemic. You know, I think it's incredible. During a pandemic, you've got, you've got very, very limited resources. You've got very, very limited people who are willing to work. You've got... Sh- shitloads of restrictions no one else around you is going to be like pushing to be sort of like yeah let's get a fucking huge cast and crew on the go let's get something moving yeah totally so he's looked at this and taken it as a passion project my only thing is right with this film is i think like you said it's two lego pieces that if you switch them around it would fit a little bit better yeah 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 the story in this film right mm. the main plot is the family drama the friends dynamic the childhood trauma of having a serial killer mother yeah, yeah. don't get me wrong it's good stuff but is it as good as the subplot that exists in this film? <laughs> Join me on a little wonder, if you will, through the subplot forest. Yeah. The Vatican has black ops units of Pope soldiers. Yes, they do. They treat serial killers for possession with cutting edge experimental technology. Yep. Hunting and exercising demons. Yep. All whilst toting massive guns, <laughs> huge muscles, yep. covered in tattoos and scarifications. It's- Tell me... That that isn't a better plot for a film. <laughs> yeah, 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 than, yeah, yeah. Aw, my mom was a killer. So no, she wasn't. She's a fucking bird demon. <laughs> Let's you move out of the way, Carly. Get the fucking Vatican yeah, 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 soldiers yeah. in there. Get them in. Yeah. What are we doing? Why are we looking at this shit? Yeah. The deeply homoerotic group of crucifix-toting, tattoo-wearing gun boys. Going Death around. fit as fuck. Right. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, There's yeah. A, a locker room scene of just beefcakes covered in religious tattoos <laughs> getting changed, being sort of like, we should bring her in for protection from the bird demon. And then it cuts back and it's like, the fucking main dude, Michael, just sort of like pulls his shirt off and he's got a scarred <laughs> crucifix the size of his back. I was like, I was literally, the second time through, I was like, you know when you try not to comically fan yourself as yeah, to be yeah, sort of like, yeah. oh my day. Oh, I do declare. Oh, I do declare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turned me into like a, a southern wife. 
It was great. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, obviously, it, the guns thing has to go away because because of the pandemic, right? Of course, right. And I can I can forgive the shortcomings of the film because yeah. of the pandemic. I actually think that to have the balls to do what he's done, yeah, first film in six years, yeah, that he's going to release commercially, yeah, yeah. Looking past the movie, how do you market this in a pandemic? There's no cinemas. No, there's no <laughs> there's no fucking like outdoor theaters that you can just run around to because no yeah. one can fucking i mean we couldn't even hug our family yeah yeah let alone fucking support a film do you know what i mean so he's yeah, having yeah. to go through and like do this shit on like youtube interviews oh yeah like, i've watched oh, my oh. God. i've watched so many mate and they are they're hilarious mm-hmm. and incredible not particularly for the right reasons i've enjoyed them for all the wrong reasons yeah yeah there, there's one in particular where i didn't want to say it i'm trying to put a silver lining on it you know what i mean i'm keeping the positive spin coming neil blomkamp sat there stone-faced for about 40 seconds at the front of this video mm. why they didn't edit it out i have no idea no clue the host connects via audio first and chats goes oh mate you know i'm really excited to do this interview and blomkamp clearly doesn't give a fuck and then the host's video turns on and he's just sat in his car. Yeah, that's one of them, mate. I, okay, your, your, your point about the pandemic release, right? Yes. You say it's admirable. I do. I think it was a flat earther who decided... Where is this going? <laughs> right, well, you'd ask the same question if you'd seen this film. Um, there's a flat earther who decided that he was going to prove that the earth was flat and all he needed to do was get up high enough to show that there was no curvature. So he was going to build his own rocket and he was going to power it with steam. Yeah, the steam rocket guy. The steam rocket guy. Did he die? He did die. Okay. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Spoiler. So my question is, was that admirable or was it a bad idea? Oh, it's the stupidest thing that I can think of. (laughs) Right. But it's fucking admirable that someone built a steam-powered rocket and then rode it high okay, enough to okay. drop down and die so like the, that's, the effort he, the effort undertaken doing the wrong thing is is counted in your tally of absolutely not it's the belief in his idea right that carried him to the moon and not quite, i guess well, it wasn't I mean, the moon no yeah, it was about it wasn't 30 the foot off the ground and then immediate scalding pain but yeah yeah so okay in, in on those terms we can agree this is an admirable thing yeah because i i don't think it's i don't think it is an admirable idea i think it's a bad idea Going ahead blindly with a bad idea when everyone tells you it's a bad idea and that it's evidently a bad idea mm. isn't admirable. It's it's idiotic. But if we're agreeing that the steam guy deserves admiration, so does Blomkamp. And I'm I'm there's a silver lining stapled onto that one. Okay. For me, I watched the film and it was painfully bad. And I thought Neil Blomkamp's watched this same film and was proud enough of it to give it a general release. And it creates a disconnect between me and Blomkamp. Because he's watched this film and gone, that's fucking great. I'm going to do a month of interviews promoting this. Where I would have gone, right? burn it. <laughs> okay. I think we're looking at this from different perspectives. Mm. And I love that. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I'll agree with you that I, I don't think it was a good business decision. Right. Exactly. Or create it like a good part of the CV. Just... I'll know. disagree with that side of it. Okay. I'll agree with the business side. Yeah. But creatively, I think this is bold. It's Blomkamp to a T. Blomkamp is never afraid to push himself out there, right? He, he mm-hmm. doesn't give a fuck about the risks or is this going to land properly? Are people going to get it? You know, uh, am I am I going into the to the discussion points enough or am I just guiding the conversation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does it with every film and I fucking adore that. Arguably, he does it more and more with each film, right? Yes. District totally. 9, Apartheid, everyone agrees it's District, bad. I've uh, got perfect thing, right? District 9 is the Lego Death Star. And Elysium, in... 
like imagine we're talking about the Lego analogy. District Nine is like a completed, fully functional Lego Death Star model. Okay. Elysium is like some Lego cars that he's built. I'll disagree, but okay. <laughs> uh, Chappie's a tub of Lego, mm-hmm. and this is him just handing me a wet carrier bag of things that he says are Lego, but I think it's just pebbles. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go the other way. I'll agree that District 9 is the... Lego Death, Death Star. Star. Yep. The Lego Death Star. And then I'll say that Elysium uh, is a Halo Lego set, but it's so vast Mm. It doesn't really connect together. It's got yeah. It's got bits that fit in around the. I'd room, agree with that. I'd agree with that. And they yeah. tie in perfectly, yeah. right? Yeah. But they're still cool as fuck. Yeah. Each individually, they're cool as fuck. Together, they're quite sparse. Yep. Yeah. Chappy. Yep. It's like a 1980s toy robot that you wind up and it walks <laughs> down the fucking. Like I've got two of them. Like yeah, I, yeah, they yeah. cost an ungodly amount of money from an yeah, antique yeah. store. They're incredible toys to have, right? Yep. I'm all for that shit. That's great because they're also dotted around the room, yep. doing their own thing. Awesome on their own. Yep. They kind of blend in with everything else. Yeah. But, but they're a they? different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're a different thing. And yeah, Demonic. Yeah, great. And now Demonic is <laughs> a, I guess, like a homemade NES game mm-hmm. that you made because you had nothing but time, yep. one and a half million dollars, and the the pure creative drive to be sort of like, I need to put something out. Yeah. I'm going to try something new. Yep. I'm going to try something new in my own way. Because yep. this film has like discussion points dotted through it, right? We we have the idea that mm-hmm. y- you have like a thought experiment of what if serial killers are possessed by demons? Yep. And you have that really interesting thing where you can run away with that and you can look into different serial killers. And it's a fun, it's a fun aspect of this movie. Yeah. You've got the Vatican Black Ops soldiers and the, the new medical uh, treatments and stuff like this. And you've got these discussion points. A very interesting thing that I thought about this film particularly is tiny budget, yep. world in lockdown, global pandemic, super thin resources, yep. no locations are open, there is fuck yeah, all. Yeah, true, use. true. And he still he still went out and was like I can I'm going to get what I can out of what I've got. Yes. There is nothing but nothing but respect there for that. Did it land with everyone? Did it fuck? Everyone hates this film. Is it as bad as everyone says it is? No. Mm. Is it is it good? <laughs> but yeah, okay. it's fucking fun okay we at least agree on the fact that that fact good if we're judging it as cinema yeah which is what blumkamp's done previously then no it's not good but if okay. we're judging it as b-movie horror which is you know my okay fucking okay pride and joy, yeah, yeah. my heart belongs to 80s b-movies yeah i fucking love this this is like an homage to everything that i'm into you've got like a nugget of drama surrounded by the nonsense of everything else that exists in this film. It's incredible. Well, I talked in one of our earlier episodes about the hostage art, you know, the idea that you're an incredible set designer, but it doesn't matter how good your designs are if the script you're working on is bullshit. The, the best work you'll ever do will come out on a 2 out of 10 movie and you won't be able to use it on your CV because... It's a 2 out of 10 movie. The script wasn't there, and that's nothing to do with you, and it's a 2 out of 10 movie, and you absolutely killed yeah, it, yeah. and everyone goes to sets are great, but you don't get anywhere. And so yeah. I was looking at this, and I'm like, oh, this is this is, this is is neat Blomkamp, right? This is literally undiluted. It's just him and a fucking iPhone, and he's just going around during a pandemic <laughs> trying to make a fucking, <laughs> fucking horror movie. iPhone, right? It's <laughs> <That's> so ridiculous. <laughs> But like, there's there's weird shit, right? So like, he keeps cutting the heads off the actors in the frame, like stuff that when we do our socials videos, yeah, and we're like, can't see the top of your head, bud. Mm. Neil Blomkamp's not sat there and gone, oh, hang about, I'm shooting a, a two shot here, and I've cut okay. someone's head off with the frame, <laughs> like, 
I have a I have a theory on this. You right. are correct, and it is hilarious. Yeah, I got a theory on this though. Right. I don't know whether it's true, so it could just this could this just, just be conjecture corner. Bullshit. Conjecture corner. It's just it's conjecture corner, right? right? Okay. Pandemic is active. Yeah, right? yeah. COVID's a very very real thing. We're yeah. we're having to social distance. If you've got actors that are willing to work. And you're like, okay, I need them both in a scene, but I need to keep it safe and to government regulations. They're going to have to be a fucking half mile apart, right? Uh, so my thinking is that he's trying to force perspective that they're sitting next to each other. Or like okay, okay, no, other, that tracks. Because, but in actual because fact, there's quite a distance. That tracks because obviously uh, District 9 was made in collaboration with Peter Jackson. Exactly. Who would have had all that false perspective stuff. Exactly. And also there is that scene where one of the actors looks nine foot tall and the other one looks like they're a fucking hobbit. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I was like, why, exactly. why is everyone hobbits? I mean? It's because social distancing. Fine. Okay, another example. Yeah, <laughs> There's a scene where she makes a cup of tea and it's a fucking... Firstly, Americans don't have electric tea kettles. That doesn't exist. They microwave the mug. We know that. It's just there's no kettle culture in the US. They're they're on there's stove kettles. That's all they right, okay, yeah. really have. This woman's got an electric one that whistles. Yeah. Okay. Hear me out now. <laughs> hear me out now. I also have conjecture corner once more. Right, yeah, Welcome back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I would love an electric kettle that whistles. Wouldn't that we all? But they don't very, exist. That seems very fun. This is the thing. Neither does Therapol. Neither does entering the brain of a coma patient. But your only fucking problem is the fact that an electric kettle, you can't go and buy a whistling electric kettle. Everything else you're golden with. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the moment my disbelief, yeah. got, my suspension of disbelief got yeah. snapped. I was like, well, I think this is fictional because there's no such thing as a whistling kettle. Well, this is obvious <laughs> bullshit. Hang about. I, they're trying to turn me against the church and kettles. <laughs> is this not a documentary? <laughs> oh, bullshit, mate. Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. Um, yeah, I, I completely get where you're coming from. There's tons of goofy shit like that, man. There is tons of goofy shit like that. The the demon itself is goofy as fuck. Oh, my God. But I laughed. It's incredible. I physically laughed out loud. Have you seen all the detail that goes into that demon, though? It, like, all the lore or everything around it, the rituals, all of this shit. It's completely fabricated from yeah. Neil's mind. And he, he and has planned shows. out... <laughs> he's planned out everything. Like, you could ask him anything mm-hmm. about that demon. How do you summon it? Yep. How does it take control of you? So what's in you? Is it in you? Yep. No, you have to complete a certain ritual to create an amulet using a raven... Yeah, and then it just makes you burn shit. That's fucking nutty. Neil will do anything to avoid writing a second draft of a script. (laughs) This all just comes down to you're such a cunt. This episode it's so hard to get the silver linings. Maybe it's because he nails it on the first one. Thank you, Neil. There's a silver lining. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) But this again, even in a pandemic, even with a 1.5 million budget, even with no-name actors, even yep. with a convoluted story which should have been flipped the other way around, yeah, yeah. even with all of that, Neil Blomkamp's world-building and law-building to the tiniest fucking detail mm-hmm. is still present. He still tell does that, yeah. That, dude, tell me that that doesn't blow your fucking mind. Like, it, I will say this every time for every film. There is not a single Neil Blomkamp film that exists where he hasn't done the background work to create an incredible world, an incredible visual, he should be. He should be a production designer. He is for an incredible scriptwriter. <laughs> I think Neil Blomkamp as a production designer is incredible, but I think him as a writer director that's his weak mm-hmm. point, and that's where he needs to, in National Treasure Two terms, needs to find somebody who's good at what he's bad at oh. and become an unstoppable combo. Right? 
You can't use that against me now, though, because that took me a long time to, to think up that bullshit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> not using right. it against you. I, I agree with uh, no, you. No, 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 I, I no, think it's, it's what Neil should do. I think he should recognize his strengths okay. are in world building or in visual design are in making something feel real. But he should do that around somebody else's plot. He should. Uh, I don't know whether he should. I think he could and he'd be amazing at it. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. It, again, for me, though, like on a very personal level, I fucking adore this man's writing like i adore it right. it leads me on such fun adventures it's totally. mental yeah and then i mean even okay let's do let's do another thought experiment right mm -hmm. when this film was was kicking off and i was watching it for the first time and i was trying to sort of ascertain what it was about mm -hmm. and where we were going with it and this that and the other i was thinking this could be a pandemic movie filmed during a global pandemic mm -hmm. which is a commentary on the global pandemic and i was like this Ooh, could be. That would have been good. This could be. I was. I was too excited because I was like, "This could be the movie that turns Rob around on uh, Blomkamp and just goes." This man just did a the meta as fuck film <laughs> ever. So, so let me let me explain a little bit, right? What this film could have been, yeah, if it was aimed at you, Rob. Yep. By Ben Groves, age thirty-five. <laughs> the demon. Yeah. Could have been COVID. Right. Skulking around, infecting yeah. people, you know, keeping them like locked in. Yeah. The Vatican Black Ops. Right. They could have been the, the healthcare system. Getting they're, battered. they're sent out. They have to they're getting battered. They have to work in disguise with all the PPE and stuff. They're under yeah. like they're under yeah, heavy yeah. pressure. That's their armor. They're up against they're they're exactly. They're fighting a war which is like an unseen mm -hmm. unseen enemy type shit. And then you've got Carly and Co. Yeah. Like Carly and her fucking friends. Um they're the general public making bad decisions, yeah. trying to just make their way through this and save a family relative from the evil demon. That's, I mean, that's that's incredible. That's an incredible way of looking at the film. Right, it could have been fun. I mean, if it, you want to look at it that way, I guess you can, but it's... It's it's not there. You, it's not there. That's not this film. There's no point. <laughs> that's the thing. It, it would have been incredible if it, yeah. if it was this film. It would have been incredible if it was less metal with the fucking Black Ops Vatican Pope soldiers. That yeah. shit is metal as shit. Yeah. I want it in a comic book. I want a solo <laughs> spin-off of just... What do you call, like, head... Like, lieutenant? Sergeant? General. Bishop? Bishop Michael. I'm going to call him Bishop, Bishop Michael. Michael. He works for the Vatican. <laughs> yeah. That's like the sergeant. He's like the commander of the Black Ops squad, right? I want a spin-off movie of him. So what you wanted was the Pope's Exorcist. Yes, that's what I wanted, buddy. Okay, well you're I lucky because that, that film. It's a great film. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It does. But this one could have been like a weird, a weird, goofy B movie, semi-serious take with a few fucking conversation points. In it would have been incredible. It would have been incredible. There's no silver line in here. What silver line am I trying to? What am well, I doing? Uh, well, um, exactly. All right. So the silver. Okay, hold on. There is one. Right. Okay. Okay. The silver lining of this point. Mm. is that we now know that lieutenants in the Vatican soldiers are called bishops. There we go. That's, yeah, brilliant. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to pull something, man. Jeez, I'm, trying right? to, I'm trying to pull something. I'm looking to you for help. You're in a fucking blender, so you're not going to be pulling the positive. <laughs> like. <laughs> his, his, I've got a silver lining for you. The, there is a scene in this film that's genuinely scary. And it's the bit where her friend, Sam, comes around. Mm -hmm. She's invited herself in. She's like, you need Ooh. to get the fuck out of here. She goes to bed. She wakes up yeah. and her friend is at the door, hammering at the door, right? Yeah, and they sit yeah, and they yeah, have yeah. a glass of wine. And then her mate turns around, puts his fucked up mask. Uh, basically, her mate comes over at 3 a.m. and does yoga so hard that she joins Slipknot. 
She's got this fucking <laughs> dick nose mask. She does this fucking backwards yoga stretch and then goes raga, 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 in a sort of Corey Taylor-esque mask. Fucking hell, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Sam coming around the house that late at night was fucking creepy, man. But what? why the Slipknot mask? It's, it's so. I it's, know it's Plague Doctors. I know it's supposed to be a Plague Doctor. It's I know it's Plague Doctor thing. Right, he which got again, obsessed with them during the pandemic. Which would have been like great to make a movie stuff. about, but instead he made one about a crow. <laughs> it's a raven! <laughs> it's a fucking crow. Know your birds! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if there are any ravens listening right now. Rob doesn't mean to be horrendously racist. Doesn't mean to cause alarm. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Speaking of crows, murder. Did you just say beacon of crows? <laughs> I said speaking of D- crows. Look me in the eye and say that you said speaking and not beacon, because I will, I'll punch this laptop. I swear to God. Man. Like, I, I might will. have said beacon. <laughs> I fucking hate everything that this has become. I hate everything that this has become. It's good I for me, man. This every- is the first time I've laughed in days. Okay. Just let me have it. All right. <laughs> as long as you're enjoying it. All right. So, beacon of crows, murder. <laughs> yeah, because the murder of crows is the plural. Yeah. Yeah. Like it-, it was a double. It was a double double entendre, mate. Nailed it, buddy. It was a quad. Got it was a quad tendre. Got I can't lie, mate. My mask is is totally falling off. But I think I found the ultimate silver lining. Just while we're sat here, right? Go on. I see a lot of myself in this film. <laughs> Are you saying you're Catholic or possessed? Like, which which Let, one? Who well, do I need to call in this one? <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> Let me sum it up for you in a way that, that's a silver well, lining. Uh, but it's a silver lining that's also a little bit Morrissey, which is where I'm at at the moment. Okay. A man who's capable of far, far better tried something. Mm-hmm. He did. Everyone around him told him it was a bad idea and that he was being an idiot. Mm-hmm. He didn't have the resources or the ability or even the right to try and be what he was trying to be. But he did it anyway. He did it anyway. And when he abjectly and utterly failed, I happened to watch the movie when I'd done the exact same thing. Okay. And I've now just got Blomkamp sat next to me outside the principal's office, just going, I can look Mm -hmm. over at Blomkamp and live with this movie and just go, Mm -hmm. wow, Neil, we totally fucked it, didn't we, mate? And he can look back at me (laughs) and go, yeah, Rob, yeah, we did. (laughs) <laughs> and I can go it's all broken isn't it Neil and he goes yeah mate yeah it is but I'm here with you you're not alone and I can go thanks Neil thanks for putting out the worst film that I've seen arguably ever the one week when I needed somebody Stop. you know it's good it's a good I, thing I it, feels like, it feels like a he's, comfortable he's bridged a gap he's yeah. bridged a gap for me yeah I like that you know a, a titan of cinema has come down to I'm, my level and gone Welcome to Rock Bottom. I mean, there's Rock Bottom and then there's Thrash Metal Bottom and I'm at Thrash Metal Bottom at the moment. <laughs> Just well, guitar look. solo in. Pope Soldiers! Whilst watching Demonic. <laughs> yeah, yeah right? exactly, right? Pope Soldiers. Pope Soldiers. Exactly. Buddy, listen. I love you deeply and dearly and I'm very, I'm very sorry that you're in this place right now. I'm always here for you. You know that. Thank you, buddy. I know. You've been fantastic. I want to disagree with you so fucking badly because I'm such a good person. Yeah. you got to let me agree have this. With you. <laughs> yeah. I've got to let you have it, man. I've got to let you go with it. Yes. And that's, you know what I mean? Like, that yes. is that is what this 
that's the ultimate silver lining. Don't take my company away from me, right? Exactly. You know I mean? Don't take like, my company away from me, man. He's here with you me. Take the, you take from this film what you can get from it, right? Yeah. And if that makes you feel better, mm-hmm. who the fuck am I to tell you any different? Yeah. Equally, I'm going to take what I can take from this movie, mm-hmm. and it gives me a literal erection. Right. For okay. all the different reasons, different yeah, yeah, reasons. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. But what I love is that even though you didn't have as much fun with me as this film and you didn't get what you got from previous movies yeah, yeah. of Blomkamp, you still ended up getting something. It's made you feel a little better. I fucking adore that. Where, so that ma- that's, that's made my day. So we're kind of covering every film of his, right? And mine's not going to be positive. Yours will be. So I'll start with mine first. Where I see this in his career is... You know, he comes out of the gate and he has a massive hit and that must be terrifying because to have your first film be such a critical and commercial success, you've then got mm-hmm. to follow that up. He follows it up with a film that he believes in just as much and he's just as sure of Elysium as he was in District 9. He's done yes. as much work, if not more, mm-hmm. and the critics hate it. So he yeah. tries again and he makes Chappie, a film which in his own words he said is his perfect film. Like There's nothing that he would change about Chappie. I'd agree. It's exactly his vision. Yeah, I'd agree. And the critics hate it and the audiences hate it too. And he sat there going, fuck. Like I'd, They all loved it and then I did the same thing and they hated it. Okay. So then, I try, then I really tried, I stuck to my vision and they hated that too. Okay. What am I supposed to do? And so I think for me this film is him going... Horror is a safe bet because, you know, it, it never makes big money, but it usually breaks even. I'm going to go look at Blair Witch. They had no budget. They had nothing, but they tried something and it connected with the audience. For me, this is Blomkamp feeling a little like he needs a win. He needs a win and he's going to try something new. He's going to try something fresh. Okay. And he listens too much to the audience and not enough to himself. Okay. And it's a, it's a, it's a weirdly insecure film for for Blomkamp and and I in I'm being very sincere I I relate a lot to that mm. I relate a lot to doing a thing yeah, yeah, yeah. it not working and you going but you fucking loved this before and then trying to do the thing that you think people want and it not working out either so I I do feel for him with this movie mm. but I don't enjoy it and I'm 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 looking forward to Gran Turismo fixing all of my issues and and making me love him again okay that's a really interesting <laughs> take. No, it is. It's just, that's a great take because I, I would, I have an almost identical take, but it is literally just on the other side of the mm. fence. Right. So we're walking, we're walking the same direction. Yeah, yeah. And we're talking about the same points. It's <laughs> yeah, just yeah. I think I'm looking at it as a good thing, and mm-hmm. you're looking at it as a bad thing. And again, I fucking love this because it speaks. It tells me totally. more about you as a person, right? And likewise, so man. what I'll say is Blomkamp for me is one of the is getting braver. Mm-hmm. And with each step, uh, with each braver step that he takes, it makes me feel like I can get more from his movies yeah. than I did in the previous one. So District 9 comes out, yeah, incredible movie. Like you said, everyone loves it, but it's a universal stroke. Mm-hmm. Apartheid is bad is that movie. Everyone's going to agree with that. Everyone's going to go, oh, wow, that's fucking awesome. You know, it's told in an interesting way. It's got great fucking visuals. Incredible sound. Yeah, yeah. Elysium's a little bit more complex in the way that it goes, you know, uh, rich versus poor, yeah, health yeah. and wealth, people over profit. There's a lot of things that you can sort of dive into if you want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, he's yeah. also left it open-ended so that you can just fucking turn your brain off and have a nice sci-fi action film, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you've got Chappie, which I would argue is Blomkamp's perfect movie. <laughs> because Ooh, okay, yeah. think about but when it came you, out. Yeah, yeah, totally. For you, 100%, I get it. 
Yeah, but think but, about when it came out, man. AI wasn't a thing. It was it was a thing, but it wasn't understood. I mean, even today, look at our fucking look at our like yeah, TED yeah. talks or like <laughs> AI lectures, and it's all shit. Where it's like. We don't know that it's good, but we don't know that it's bad. Yeah, yeah, just vague. Thank you for attending my TED Talk. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. what the... F- Blumkamp did this in a fucking robot film in 2015. You know what I mean? Why, <laughs> yeah, why yeah, are we yeah, still yeah, talking yeah. about this? Like, you work for Microsoft, motherfucker. You have Bing, <laughs> which is a literal living thing now. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Why do you not know what's happening with it? That's terrifying. Yeah. He did this years ago, right? And the way that he does it is he doesn't... He doesn't I just think he doesn't give a fuck whether it lands or not. Is he, yeah. he tries to do these films with with multiple layers on the surface? It's entertaining. You can get something from it. Yeah, look into it a little more. You get way more from it. And then if you want to dig around a little deeper on the rewatch, yeah, there is a fucking whole new world for you to explore out there. Okay, he did it with Demonic, right? There's a few points in there that you can get into and you can really fucking dig into, and it's great on a rewatch. But it's harder to digest because of all the surrounding circumstances the pandemic the limitation the resources all of this shit totally um but he stuck to his guns he doesn't dictate the conversation he doesn't yep. give you answers what he does is he starts the conversation leads you to a question and then fucks off and is like bye have fun <laughs> have fun learning everything about this have fun making your own opinions yeah. and then contributing to yourself right yeah have fun growing that's what i'm getting from it anyway so what would you what would you rate demonic then it's hard man um okay it's gonna uh entertainment value yeah i can't do this with this breaking down it's got to be it's like a six a six six as much as that yeah that's me that's me holding back because i knew you'd get weird if i did it any higher (laughs) it's a film after my own heart man it's it's a goofy b-movie horror wrapped up in a semi-serious family okay to be fair for a lot of the things you like yeah, it's not a good example of a lot of the things you like, but it is an example of the things you like, and therefore it's in the yeah. it's in the same shop as some stuff you like. So you at least you get to look at some good films yeah. on the way, right? Exactly. Um, exactly. The it's cell. in my video rental section. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly, I mean? right next to the cell <laughs> with Vincent D'Onofrio, and you can walk up yeah. to this and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. "I won't get demonic. I will get the cell though. It's right next to it in the alphabet." There you go. Uh, I'm going to go zero, bud. I'm going to go zero. This is Stop this. Here. Yeah. This was a fundamental waste of my time. I resented the time. Not even for the not even for the little silver lining that you that you sold us on in the end. There, uh, no, that's external to the film. You know, that's that's the the actual watching experience of this. I remember towards the end of the film, mm-hmm. I was literally, I was literally, I've wrote it in my notes, shouting at the screen, "Just fucking end! Why won't you fucking end?" It, it was a visceral, like, I need this to not be happening anymore, kind of. This is, this is very upsetting. This I'm very sorry. Upsetting I'm sorry. It's all right. It's all right. No, 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 no. It's not upsetting. Not upsetting in a bad way. It's upsetting that I brought it to the table. I thought it, <laughs> no, would, I thought it would do something you different. You brought Blomkamp to the table, whose filmography is rich and complex mm. and got some incredible visuals and some of the most incredibly realized sci-fi worlds that have ever been put to screen. Right? Blomkamp as a series is an incredible choice. Okay. It's just this is the sort of vestigial twin face on Richard E. Grant's shoulder that you've just also got to be like, and demonic. (laughs) 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 Let's welcome Neil Blomkamp! (laughs) Yay! And demonic. Yeah, look at it this way. Blomkamp's got five films. Mm. If a complete stranger walked up to you and asked you to recommend four Neil Blomkamp movies, which ones would you recommend? 
<laughs> Demonic would be the first one. Uh, Gran Turismo close second. <laughs> zero though, man. That's is that the first first zero of the show? No, the Switch. It's down there with the Switch. Ooh, that's upsetting to hear out loud. Yeah, it's that's this. This and the Switch are equal equal quality of, of okay output. positive spin though. The Switch came out not in a pandemic and had a very big budget. Exactly. And it still did just as bad. See, exactly, there you go. Yeah. Silver lining. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Would you like to play a game? I would fucking love to play a game, buddy. So this uh, actually comes from our Discord, which you can join. Uh, we've got a link in the bio of all of our socials. Yes, please. Um, and it's our little group chat room where we chat with listeners all the time. And uh, Jake Corp, Kalp, Jake K-A up said if you could pick one character to go into another movie and replace the main character where would you like to see that character for example japanese spider-man in 1997 batman and robin feels like it would be perfect with the super over top acting and fights that would if be he was either a villain or a hero mm, that'd be dope as shit it would be okay i'm gonna go with i'm gonna stick with the batman and robin thing right yeah i'm gonna take mr freeze mm-hmm and I'm going to drop him in Predator. <laughs> oh, nice. That's pretty good. Right? Yeah. Right? That's pretty good. I'm down with that. Time to freeze. Yep, 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 yep. How about you? I'm going to take Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs mm. and put him in yep. Pixar's Up. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Instead of who? The main instead ca- of the old the, man, or instead of the old man kid? Carton. <laughs> Ooh, so now it's just a kidnapping story. <laughs> instead of the kid. Oh, I'm in. Instead of yeah, the kid, I'm in. it's way better. That's way better. I'm in. Sign me fucking up for that one, man. Yeah, All yeah, right. okay. Um, okay, okay. So I'm going to stick with the Disney theme. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Aladdin and I'm yeah. going to put him in Elysium. <laughs> Still from the rich. Yeah, he's just ru- picture picture Aladdin instead yeah. of Matt Damon. Yeah. Aladdin running around in a fucking exoskeleton suit. Yep, <laughs> trying to get onto the halo. I mean, come on. Okay, yeah, he's just riding a magic carpet up to Elysium. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. My my final entry. I'm gonna go um, the Notebook. Yeah. But instead of Ryan Gosling, it's going to be the Xenomorph from Alien. <laughs> Ooh. Imagine the scene in the rain. Yeah. It was, it's not over. It was never over. And it's just the Xenomorph going, ah! <laughs> Kiss my tiny mouth. Oh, Blah. that's incredible. That's fucking genius. <sighs> have we got, have we got time for Comic Corner? Yes, we do, buddy. I mean, we're kind of on it already because of, That's yeah. a great game, by the way. So <laughs> who suggested Jake. it? Jake Cow. Jake. You're a legend, man. That was fun as fuck. All right. I have got two comments from our Instagram. Ooh, lovely. And I have a little treat for us, considering we went slightly religious with this episode. Mm. All right, you ready? All right, okay. So, uh, Theos Ben on Instagram, on one of our National Treasure 2 reels, commented, just listened to the episode and so glad to see the silence at the end (laughs) had the juicy post-credits pay off. (laughs) Also, I agree with Ben. Return of the Jedi is the best Star Wars film. And also, are you intending on doing the whole MCU or just phase one? Because that's some dedication, if so. 
hundred percent, we're going to do it. Uh, not the whole MCU. At we're not doing point. it back to back. Yeah, 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 we'll do. We'll probably finish phase two by the end of next year if we're lucky. Jesus but Christ, like, I'm 35. You think I've still got that stamina, mate? It's going to be like oh, a God, little no. bit, a little bit, and then an hour's rest. Maybe watch a film. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to need a little sleep after the Incredible Hulk. Exactly. I mean? like, that's enough. I'm spent. <laughs> right? What do we do? So no, we're going to do. We're going to do phase one. Also, if you're Ben, you're dead to me because it's clearly Empire. So oh, get God, in you're the bin. So wrong. Just listen. Theos Ben, A, incredibly powerful name. Incredibly powerful. Congratulations. Uh, B, returns the fucking awesome. Mm. It's the awesome. Like, the, the name a better Star Wars film. Empire Strikes Back. Exactly, you can't! And yeah, our last episode, we had a little post, post-credit Post credit payoff. Well, we so forgot to rate the film. The so. <laughs> well, I mean, let's not sell us out down the river this fucking early. Jesus Christ, it was totally planned. Right. And then we've got Ethanol1625 on Insta, also on uh, National Treasure 2 Reel. I love listening to you guys every week. It's always a fun time. But two things I need to say. One, you have scarred me as I went to watch Deer Hunter and the film just fucking devastated me. Two, I look forward to seeing your reviews on Phase 5 of Marvel so then I won't have to sit through them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And to that I say, touche. Yeah. Because we fucked it by doing every movie because now we have to. Well, we'll get there in, you know, 2030 or whatever, you know. We're going to do a phase a year at best. Yeah, we'll try. As and when it fits. Yeah. Yeah, We'll try if we can, (laughs) if we want to. There's no commitments. Uh, and then as a little treat, buddy, what I've done is because we've gone slightly, because we've gone like slightly religious on this one, I am going to put on my Pope soldiers. I mean, I was going to put a musical sting in there, but that's, that's perfect. That did it for you, mate. Yeah, thanks, did it mate. For you, mate. Save Pitch me perfect. Bit, save me an hour. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. I went onto our Discord and I right. said, you did. Everyone. Confess your sins, because mm-hmm. me and Rob are a bit Catholic for this episode. Confess your sins. I want to hear your guilty pleasure movies. And let me tell you, buddy, I don't think there's any guilty pleasures in here, because everything that was mentioned, I was like, oh, I really like that film. <laughs> <laughs> we got a really good response to this. Like, I'm scrolling it up great. a lot. Yeah, so uh, we had Mediocre Gamer 91 say the Ali G in the house. Is there <laughs> guilty a great pleasure film? film. But a great I, film. I unironically have that VHS yep. from when I first bought it when I was younger. Yep. Also, my old drug box used to be an allergy in the house VHS <laughs> cassette box. Used to carry it around in my backpack and it used to just hold my drugs. It was fantastic. <laughs> uh, we got Intamuto says Black Hawk Down and then says very bad movie. Watched it like 13 times. I really uh, like that movie. I, I, uh, my thing is, is that everything about that movie is incredibly well put together. The pacing, the editing is, you know, it, it's a well put together film, whether or not you agree or disagree with the patriotic message, which, you know, I can see why you think it's, I, I mean, you know, it's American history. You know what I mean? Benry got in touch with Prometheus, which <laughs> frankly, get in the fucking bin. I'm, yeah, I kind of see it. I've seen it a couple times. It's fine. It's Ugh. fine. It's no. like... It's like Star Wars Episode Eight. You know what I mean? It's like it's fine. It's fine. It's like Empire Strikes Back. It's fine. Like if we get that it exists, it's fine. Uh, Brad VL put mine would be Krull. 
Kroll's incredible. I wanted to do it for our Christmas movie this year. Kroll's fucking, Kroll's fucking great. Yeah, Kroll's, we had that Kroll's on VHS a lot as a kid. And yeah, 100%. Dan Pollitt says The Way Way Back, 2013. Genuinely brilliant film, but I have to watch it solo as it's self-inflicted emotional terrorism. Never seen it. Yeah, it's, I don't think I've ever seen it either. Okay, well, that's, well, that's one on All the watch right. list. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. Mr. Awardall, Split Second. Uh, we, uh, starring uh, we- Rutger Hauer. Do you remember we had that chat the other night where I was like, there's this 80s movie mm-hmm. about a flooded London. It's got Rutger Hauer and there's a fucking cy- cyborg alien. And it was split second. Yep. It was split second I was talking about. That was the, the film of my childhood. Oh, okay. There you go, it's, man. It's the most right, watched gonna... sci-fi I ever had. It's incredible. All right. I'm going to have to give it another go, man. I haven't seen that film in years. It's Let incredible. me just uh, cleanse cleanse a couple more sins real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bella of Venus, What a Girl Wants with Amanda Bynes. I've never seen it, but Amanda Bynes was hilarious. And then, tragically, went a little bit sideways. <laughs> a little bit. Oh. Yep. Sins are <laughs> cleansed. <laughs> Jenny at the Boardroom Cafe. Uh, oh, speaking of which, before uh, before my life got shotgunned, uh, I'm a member. I'm a card-carrying cult member of the Boardroom Cafe. Thank you. You are. So, so much. Everyone at the Boardroom Cafe, thank you so much. Uh, ben and I went uh, when, when I came up to go to Manchester, and it's incredible there. So Jenny, mm-hmm. her guilty pleasure is the original Scream, and there's nothing guilty about that. That's a beloved franchise. I think the original Scream and Scream, and then two and three can kind of you can ignore a little bit, and then four, five. I'm in for man. I love. I, fucking I love adore all those of films. Them. I adore all of them. I watched them more recently. Uh, Even three, three's terrible. I, it was who I watched them with, man. It's fine. Yeah, it's just oh, it was yeah. it was yeah, you know fine, it's fine. right time, right place. Got you, got you, got you, got you. Pumpkin Bumpkin says Coyote Ugly. <laughs> it's so bad, and I love it. I will strongly disagree that this is anyone's guilty pleasure film. As a teenage boy, it's got me through many a weekend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fark says fucking Biodome. 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 Do you know that's got one percent on Rotten Tomatoes? That is a guilty pleasure film, but <laughs> fuck. Your sins are now cleansed from Papa Ben. I don't know I don't know Catholic thing. Priest? <laughs> Bishop. We said Bishop. Bishop. Bishop, there Bishop you go. General, there we go. Yeah, there you go. Monk today, uh, robot jocks. Uh, incredible. Uh plus his favourite James Bond is Moonraker. That is a spicy take. <laughs> I where I will agree with you where you screamed at this. The best James Bond because it's in space. I'll agree with you wholeheartedly. <laughs> <laughs> that was Comment Corner. Uh, plus, bonus game. Uh, this is the shit we get up to in our Discord. Please do join. It's great fun. We'd love to hear from you. And it's a direct line to Ben and I's pocket. So if you've got ideas for the show or feedback, we just want to call a shite, um, which we love. Just just join the Discord. Just call a shite. We love it. Um, Come will... and have a laugh and a giggle. Yeah. We've got people posting memes about the episodes. They're fucking hilarious. I Ross need to Grant. Put them on Insta. Yeah. That's going to happen. Ross Grant, absolutely insane. Um, come hang out with us. Get in touch with us on the socials. Get in touch with us via the website, www.everymovieeverpodcast.com. Guys, thank you so fucking much for hanging out with us this week. It's been an absolute pleasure. You've made my week. You've made my day. You've made my evening. And Rob. I'm still alive. You've made my week. You've <laughs> made my day and you've made my evening because I know life's shit at the minute and you're in a blender, but you are literally the light of my life. Genuinely, Ben, the the way you've helped me this week has uh, been really quite, it's more than I can repay in short period of time. So thank you. I, would, I, I mean, that's that's nice to hear because it's all 
for selfish reasons because <laughs> I am I am not good at adulting, so I'm going to need that back at some point. Right? So, <laughs> You'll get so, it back, so think of this as it's just an investment. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, I do love then. you, buddy. I hope that this is sort of like I love you, buddy. lifted the weight a little. It's, I put on the mask enough that a little bit of it stuck on my face, which is nice. Um, I'm gonna round this episode up before I fall apart by just telling everyone okay. to do what society tells them to do: it's just consume and buy shit and live like a human virus that we all are. Uh, ben, on the other hand, is going to wow uh, sum up. <laughs> ben is going to sum up the themes, messages of this mm-hmm. film uh, mm-hmm. into a positive affirmation of yes, yes, how yes, you yes. should start your week. To thank you for spending an hour of your week with us, aren't you, Ben? I've got nothing planned, but I'm going to fucking wing it, just like the Pope soldiers did. I mean, I feel like you've shot your load. I feel like you've shot your load already. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I'm done. I'll try and be better next week, guys. Consume. You can choose to live your life in many, many, many different ways, and every single one of them is completely fine. But I feel like one way is better, bigger, stronger, beefier, Catholic. That's right, you should choose to be a fucking Black Ops Vatican Pope soldier. Pope soldiers. Just...